Welcome to Working Gratitude, real people, real gratitude at work, with your host, Darren Hollingsworth, Chief Gratitude and Accountability Officer at Odonata Coaching and Consulting. The Working Gratitude podcast was launched in 2012 to stimulate dialogue and conversation about research-based best practices of gratitude in the workplace and ways that gratefulness is expressed via philanthropy. These brief interviews with successful leaders from a variety of professional environments will encourage and inspire you and give you ideas about how you can start working gratitude. Thank you for listening to Working Gratitude. Now here's your host, Darren Hollingsworth. Hello, and thank you for joining us. Before I introduce my guest today, I hope that during our week off last week that you were able to catch up on previous episodes of Working Gratitude that you may have missed, or maybe you listened to a favorite again. We're so grateful for your support in listening and subscribing. And if I can ask another favor of you, please share the podcast with your personal and professional network so that we can get more people in the Working Gratitude conversation. Your ratings, reviews, and sharing help so much when people are searching for content to inspire them and make an impact in their work and in their community. So thank you again for your support. My guest today is Byron Earnhardt. Byron is the Programming Director for the Barrett School of Banking and the host of the Main Street Banking Podcast, the only podcast solely devoted to community banks. He has over 15 years' experience in the financial services industry, 11 of which have been in various banking roles, from teller work to branch management. He spends his free time playing guitar and singing in Delta Heart, the house band of the Mississippi Delta, writing music, cooking, reading, and enduring the athletic season of a team that wears an obnoxious orange that shall remain nameless for this (laughs) University of Memphis alumni. He is married to his wife, Kelly, of 10 years and has two children, John Aubrey and Mary Laura. I was actually introduced to Byron by his wife, Kelly, because we worked together when I was with ALSAC, the fundraising organization for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Byron, thank you for joining me today and enduring my lack of willingness to state that school at the other end of the state. That's okay. Us UT volunteers are uh, are glad to meet with uh, with with people from all all walks of life. So uh, no, absolutely. I've I've uh, been looking forward to this, Darren. This is um, looking forward to, to talking with you. Well, thank you very much. As as a, another a podcast host to podcast host, this has been an exciting uh, time for me to prepare to make sure I'm on on my toes. Give our listeners a bit more insight about your career and your current role and your podcast. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, like you said in the bio, I've spent uh, the last uh, 15 years or so in the financial services industry, um, coming out as a as a banker, uh, something I swore I'd never do. And <laughs> lo and behold, here I am. Uh, but yeah, I've done banking, done insurance, financial planning, thing, things of that nature. And then when I about a year and a half ago when I came to work here for the Barrett School and got off the line and started doing a lot more of what I like to do, uh, we started a podcast. And I have to admit that I was the uh, of, from the generation that you know embraced iPods before streaming. And so a podcast to me was, you know, you register for a favorite speaker or a pastor or someone like that, but they physically download it onto your, uh, onto your device. And, uh, I mean, I had to make some decisions between my Hootie and the Blowfish albums and pastors and, uh, you know, I'm 
wish I could say the pastors won, but the music won, and so I, I didn't uh, follow podcasts for a long time. Um, then we got into this, uh, started up the Main Street Banking podcast. What ours is, is um, solely devoted to community banks, typically under uh, about $5 billion in assets, and we, we speak to issues that affect the banking and the community banking industry that um, – we try to steer clear of the, the fintech or the technology, that the applications, the digital stuff that's out there, because there's so many of them, uh, podcasts that are out there. We, we try to stick with things that – the other aspects of banking that uh, community bankers need from everything from compliance to um, – leadership and culture change and uh, working locally with, with business owners, how important the local economy is to the bank, to the community, to your customers. Um, it, 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 it's a narrow focus, but it's also wide open as well, too. So I, I get to talk to some really, really interesting people in, in my field and um, get to hopefully ask interesting questions. I think they're interesting. Good, <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't know if anybody else does, but, uh, well, you've got but definitely um, – put some really interesting conversations out there within our world. Well, fantastic. And again, thank you for joining me today because I know that you know that that your your content really is as strong as your guests and as strong as the conversations you create. So I want to work some gratitude with you. Can we start that today? Absolutely. I've been looking forward to this. Great. Well, when we've talked previously, I knew that you would uh, have a great radio voice to share with our listeners. And I also knew that you believe in in what we're talking about. So let's just dive in. What are you grateful for at work today? Uh, You know, and I've been, as I told you the other day, I've been listening to your podcast and I'm I love the fact that my answer seems to be in line with what everybody else's is on this question. Mm-hmm. I love the people I work with. Um I have I've, through the course of my career I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly uh in in, in toxic work environments and I am I count as one of my biggest blessings in my life the people that I work with and it's not just and they are um they are it's not just they're great. They're friendly. We allow each other to be be ourselves. We give each other the room to. Um, <laughs> they like to say that I get on a soapbox, as, as you can probably tell from our conversations. When I get passionate about something, um, we all seem to be working towards that same noble goal um, together in our in our industry and in our work. We we've embraced the same mission and the same values. Um, I'm extremely grateful for that because I've seen the other end of it. And I've seen, you know, our, our industry is not, in a, it's, you know, I guess maybe one step above a, a lawyer in terms of what people's perception of uh, ethics and morals. But there, I've seen the, the downside and the good side in my industry, and it's not always this way. Um, and I'm extremely thankful for and grateful uh, for the, the ability to be me and mm-hmm. the ability to, you know, get in with, with somebody else on my team and, you know, help them be them and, and learn. And, and we're, we're kind of there's, – there's three of us in the office and three-person nonprofit. You know, sometimes you have to be all things to – <laughs> you kind of have to do several different things and wear several different hats, but so there's a lot of self learning going on here. And, you know, we get in it together, we learn together, we figure out, you know, how we can be the best uh, team, how we can be the best individual, how we can accomplish our goals um, better, leaner, 
um, than than the other than than the other schools. So it's um, it's it's exciting for somebody like me to constantly learn, constantly uh, be encouraged to go think really big thoughts and really exciting to me, exciting things. Um, just to have that freedom to to be ourselves and encourage each other to be ourselves. I can't. It's not always thus. Well, I'm and very I, grateful for that. Having having worked for a major uh, brokerage house and and major name in in the banking world in my time as a financial advisor, I know that that's not always present. And you right. do uh, echo a theme that is consistent with so many individuals and leaders, whether they're talking about who they get to work with, really as customers or as coworkers or um, whatever sense of client or student that you have. It is, it, when you have that, gratitude seems to surface so authentically. The other thing that you have touched on, you've touched two themes really, is just le- bringing leadership to the workplace and being grateful for being able to do that. But also that idea of bringing your whole self to work. I follow the work and podcasts of Mike Robbins, who wrote a book called Bring Your Whole Self to Work, and has written several others and has a a great uh, podcast. And I believe it's We're All in This Together, pending the publishing of a new book called We're All in This Together. And uh, that idea of being authentic and bringing your whole self to work comes up as another theme uh, that people are grateful for. Well, you've alluded to the second question really already because you've talked about a toxic workplace, which uh, can be for many very challenging. You may have heard already the last couple of episodes that we did with Dr. Paul White or the the recent episodes that we did with him and some of that featured his book, uh, Rising Above the Toxic Workplace. But what is the challenge or what are some of the challenges you have faced at work that you can now look at with a lens of gratitude from having moved forward from those challenges. Well, and this, uh, I have to say, Darren, this has been the question I've been (laughs) a little bit, a little bit nervous about, um, because just because of my story, I've, um, about two years ago, I, um, had had what can only be considered a and was considered a nervous breakdown Mm. and, uh, had to come very much, uh, face to face with uh, my anxiety and depression. Mm. Um, You know, being in the finance world, there's a certain, there's what you have to project and the certain stereotypes and things like that. But underneath it, there was the, uh, the anxiety and depression that, that's, um, that's there. And I was not handling it in what, in what could only be described as an unhealthy manner. And, um, had to come face to face with it, mm. and that definitely was a was one of those moments or watershed moments in my life, professionally and personally. And um, you know, having to, like you said, with the whole self to work, and I like that concept. I wrote down that uh, Mike's name. Go check out that podcast, by the way. Um, but I have to bring my whole self to work, and because of that, and have to learn with the uh, how to learn how to struggle and, and adapt my anxiety and depression adapt with that and go forward. So, um, it allows, it allowed for me to understand and to, to have empathy and to, um, see things differently and really just be honest with myself. And, you know, it's easy to say the, uh, you know, what happened as, you know, I have gratitude for that, but until, 
I've really learned how to have gratitude for that, and it, it allows me to react, I think, better, I think, in a more healthy manner. And it, it spills over into a lot of areas in my work. Um, you know, we, we, to go back to your question earlier, <clears throat> the first question, you had mentioned the students, and, you know, I, I, one of the things I love about my, my job is working with bankers and you know, a lot of times bankers, especially in smaller communities, you'll have individuals that, um, you know, maybe have not gone and actively sought it. They kind of landed in banking and uh, they've kind of been there and they go to a graduate school like ours and they finally get it. And it's a way to empower them in their in their employment and empower them in their career and their light comes on and they get it. And that's a great feeling. And I understand that now for my own uh, because mm. of uh, you know, because of my story, because of my um, survival yeah. uh, from from what I had gone through, uh, you know, I, I now understand the the and have empathy for and strive to show and, and give that to people that I uh, that I encounter and say, yeah, man, I've been there. I, I understand that feeling. I understand that freedom. I understand that light in your eyes. I, I know banking is not typically the uh, the avenue by which. Um, you know that that freedom is found, but it is here. It is there, and I'm, I'm living it. And you know, come along with me, and let let's do this together in, in this environment. And uh, you know, when when you step back and you think about it, uh, you know, at night and your heads on your pillow, I, there's gratitude there for that experience. Mm. It, it was hard. It was hard on me and my family. It was hard on my my career. It was hard on uh, my customers. Yep. Um, but there's gratitude there for. Uh, having gone through that, the lessons learned from that, and being able to say, "All right, this is who I am now, mm-hmm. and let's go forward. Let's make the world a better place um, because of it." Well, you, you, I really want to thank you and honor you for uh, sharing that and sharing that <laughs> sense of vulnerability, but also that sense of strength. And I think you know from having listened to my podcasts and read some of my work on LinkedIn that we share a parallel journey. And when we can confront that aspect of our, what was for me very sincerely and very seriously uh, a mental illness issue, but that I have returned to mental health and as have you for yourself first, for your family and for your career, there is a tremendous amount to be thankful for. And then the way you overflow into the lives of so many other people by sharing content through your podcast and sharing with the students of Barrett, then you really are exuding that gratitude. And I, again, I honor the willingness because as we, we, we uncover, there's another podcast I'm going to share with you and our listeners that uh, aligns with my work and it's called Work and Life. And it's published by the Wharton Business School and Professor Stu Friedman. So that's called Work and Life. And actually this week they had a podcast about covering and how many, and it really was to deal with uh, largely LGBT people and coming out in the workplace and covering that as part of their lives. However, what they found in their research was that 45% of the straight white men who they interviewed said that they were covering something. And as they did further depth into that research, there was covering everything from veteran status to mental illness. And when that many people are in the workplace, not living their true and authentic self, 
that's a systemic problem. And so I really do encourage you and our listeners to check out that podcast. And um, it's just one of the tools in the toolkit. And and our listeners may recall that I've written an article about having your toolkit in place before you need it when mental health challenges arise. So I hope that, that they will be encouraged by your willingness to share your story, Byron, and um, that, that they will use the references that come from all these great conversations. Absolutely. And I, I, I love that analogy you said about having the toolkit ready before something happens. And uh, if I could echo that and, and scream that from the rooftops, I would. Um, <laughs> you know, if you think, hey, you know what, I, I may not be handling my anxiety in, in the right way. I, you know what, just talk to somebody. Uh, don't Don't let it get out of, out of control. Your 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 career, your family is worth so, your life worth mm-hmm. so much more uh, than that. So please, yeah, I'm actually surprised that uh, it's not higher than that. That statistic's not higher than 45 percent. Truth be told, yeah, that people are just so. they they aren't able to come, and in certain industries too, I'm sure it is higher. Well, the, sure, the yeah. third question we've kind of alluded to because the nature of your work being community-driven, mm-hmm. but is there another way that you show your gratitude for your health, for your success at work, um, that you work to make an impact either with, with volunteering for a nonprofit or some other community involvement? Yeah, we um, we do – one of my – again, what I call my soapbox issues is – uh, using and leveraging community involvement for, with banks. And, and I've seen this work in my own career. And one of the things that uh, banking has is, as you know, a lot of regulation. And some of it is understandable. Some of it, you know, we could discuss whether or not. But one of the things that I, I do happen to like um, is what's called the Community Reinvestment Act, or the CRA. Mm-hmm. And I really encourage people to go out there and look it up and just educate yourselves about it. And one of the main uh, thrusts of that, of that piece of legislation is that it keeps banks, and I will say the worst among us, uh, from doing bad things and what's called redlining and things like you know, being discriminatory in their lending. But another aspect of that that gets overlooked is that it is, provides incentive for banks to go out and do community work. Now, for a while it sounds a little bit self-serving, but I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to talk about why the the true gratitude actually pays off. Uh, but the CRA, you, it's, it helps banks to go and take that financial education to adults and to children and in the classrooms, and to go um, and to go into sm- work with small businesses in, in this area and teach them. And if we think, and statistics are replete in this, that uh, you know, money concerns and financial issues and financial education is a huge stressor in people's lives and a huge uh, issue in the lives of business people um, and in the lives of families. And I have the argument that I believe bankers, due to our role as community uh, as members of the community of the uh, economic community, uh, we have a responsibility to go out there, and we have the knowledge to go and help uh, these individuals, or these businesses, and these families. And the CRA provides a motivation 
and uh, admittedly, it's a regulatory and it's a regulatory uh, and uh, motivation, but it provides this motivations for banks to go out there and do it. Now, where I come where I come into it uh, in, in my role is I say, all right, look, bankers, you got to do it anyway. Let's just be honest. Let's let's show it. Let's take it as an opportunity to most importantly do good. But I've seen it where um, it helps the bank as well. Look, you'll say you do an adult financial education class for twenty individuals. Uh, maybe five actually get some things out of it. Um, you know, and then maybe let's say one comes to you for a loan or comes to you for it to help them with their accounts, it costs you one piece, uh, you know, a pizza. Yeah. It costs you a little extra time, but all the benefits and you change somebody. The most important thing is you change somebody's life. You change somebody's, uh, you know, or, or at a group of people, you educated them in ways that you, uh, you, you wouldn't been able to do at the very least, you change somebody's opinion about your industry and, and it changed <laughs> your, uh, their opinion about your institution and they changed, maybe changed their opinion about you. As a uh, as, as a person, um, you know, at the very where, where is the downside? You make the stockholders happy, you make the community better, you make every everybody wins in this. Why are we do, Why are we just doing this, rolling our eyes and saying, God, another regulatory, another class I got to go teach? Why are we not embracing this as an opportunity? A to make the community better, and B, okay, maybe pick up some business. And where? <laughs> and it's easy to say, well, of course, the banks are just doing good because that keeps the the regulators off their rear ends. No, you go – I've seen this in my career numerous times. People respond to sincerity, Absolutely. and people respond to individuals that they really believe are sincere in what they're doing. And if you go to these things or if you go out to the community, you know, the fall festival – you know, uh, whatever that the banks have a tenant. If you'll notice, the people that customers are actually going up and talking to are the are going to the banks and the bankers that you would think are the most sincere, mm-hmm. and their love for the community, their desire to see people grow, their desire to see their community grow. People respond to sincerity, and so teaching bank. What one of my, as you can probably tell, and I'm sitting here very animated in, in my <laughs> office with nobody in here. Um, you know, if we can teach bankers to go and use this that we've got to do anyway, mm-hmm. but if we are sincere about it and, and we understand our role in the in the in our local economies, and we understand that we provide a good service to people in helping them improve their lives and improve their businesses, and improve the li- and through that improve the lives of the community around them. And if we've got to do this anyway, let's do it from a sincere place of trying to help people. Because quite frankly, I think we've got a moral obligation to do so. Right. It's beyond um, regulation. So let's, let's, it's beyond regulation. It's it is a sense of emotional intelligence and moral right. um, a moral compass. I want to thank you for your passion for this. And I would summarize what you have said, and, and this too has been somewhat of a theme, is that gratitude, sincerity, and authenticity are win-win. They, Absolutely. If you over-examine them, they can appear, wait a minute, are you coming at this from some selfish standpoint because gratitude is going to serve you? Well, yes, it is. But whoever you're expressing gratitude to 
is served by it, as is evidence from the simple thing of when people keep handwritten thank you notes around after a, after having received one, because they're somewhat rare still. Byron, I could talk to you about your passion for your work uh, for a lot longer, and I thank you for giving our listeners that perspective of both community banking, where they can get to know a banker on a sincere level uh, in their community, and for your Uh, vulnerability and transparency with us about the challenges that you've faced in your health. So thank you again for joining me today. My pleasure, Darren. Thank you. As you can tell, I could go on forever too, but thank you all. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for the podcast and um, thanks for the time. Sure. And thanks to our listeners for joining us for this conversation. We hope you will continue to listen, subscribe, comment, rate, and review the podcast where you can and interact with me directly via email at info at workinggratitude.com. And hey, do you know someone who has embraced working gratitude, lives a grateful life, and would be a great guest on the podcast? Connect with me on LinkedIn. You can find me by searching Darren, that's D-A-R-I-N, Hollingsworth. And let's start a conversation about future guests for working gratitude. Thank you again for joining us. If you've listened this far, I have a special offer to say thanks for your support. If you are a nonprofit executive or you serve as a board member of a nonprofit, I'm offering a limited number of complimentary collaboration sessions to explore ways that executive directors, CEOs, senior development staff, and boards have benefited from my work with them. Whether you're a nonprofit executive in transition or your organization needs an assessment of fundraising strategy, I would like to offer you my services in a complimentary collaboration session. Send me an email to info at workinggratitude.com. Thanks again for joining us. Darren Hollingsworth has had a thriving career as a financial advisor, sales professional, senior fundraising professional, and nonprofit executive. Now, via business, success, and philanthropy coaching, Darren is passionate about helping successful executives realize and exceed their personal and professional potential. He helps business and nonprofit leaders find and confirm their passion, their inspiration, and motivation. This is accomplished through collaborative work based on gratitude, experience, encouragement, and accountability. As Darren says, surviving is not enough. Thriving is the goal. Additionally, Darren works with businesses, nonprofit organizations, and boards of directors to create new possibilities for transformational customer and donor relationships, organizational strategic visioning and governance, as well as continuity and succession planning. Via collaboration and consulting, Darren engages with clients to empower them to build upon strengths and face challenges with confidence and expertise. To hear more Working Gratitude and for information about Darren Hollingsworth and Odonata Coaching and Consulting, visit our website, odonatacoaching.com, or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash odonatacoaching, or search wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Working Gratitude. Working Gratitude, copyright Darren Hollingsworth and Odonata Coaching and Consulting, all rights reserved.